Good evening. Glad you're here this, this evening to worship with us. If you're visiting, we're glad to have you. and hope you'll come back each and every opportunity that you have to do so. Are there any new announcements that we need to make tonight? I want to remind you that there will be a potluck dinner next Sunday after the worship service. The first day of Lavelle Hayes' meeting we're having next week. We hope you invite your friends and neighbors to come and hear Lavelle. If there are no other announcements, let's begin our service with a prayer. Our Father, we come to you this evening thanking you for being our God. Thank you for the mercy and the grace and the love that you showed to us. We thank you for sacrificing your Son for the remission of our sins. Help us, Father, to try to live close to what he did for us. Help us be the proper example to those we come in contact with and be a good influence to those we deal with on a regular basis. Father, we pray that you be with Bob tonight, the lesson he brings to us, that we'll learn from it, be able to apply the things to our lives and grow closer to you, Father. Father, we pray that you be with the young people that travel for the rest of this evening for the get-together there at Sherwood, and you'll help them have a safe trip back. Father, we pray for those of our congregation who have health issues and are sick and have lost loved ones recently. pray that you'll comfort them and you'll heal the sick. Help us, Father, to study your word daily, to know your word, to help try to teach others what you'd have us to do to become Christians and to serve you and to spend eternity with you. Forgive us, Father, when we fail to do the things we know we should do and help us to repent when we know that we've done things wrong. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening. Tonight we'll be in our songbooks. Our first song this evening will be number 867, To Canaan's Land. 867. All four verses. To Canaan's land I'm on my way Where the soul of man never dies My darkest night shall turn to day Where the soul of man never dies No friends, there'll be no sad farewells There'll be no tear-dimmed eyes where all is peace and joy and love and the soul of man never dies. A rose is blooming there for me where the soul of man never dies. And I will spend eternity where the soul of man never dies. Dear friends, there'll be no sad farewells, there'll be no tear-dimmed eyes. Where all is peace and joy and love, and the soul of man never dies. A love of a soul of man never dies. 
It shines to light the shores of home where the soul of man never dies. Dear friends, there'll be no sad farewells, there'll be no tear-dimmed eyes. Where all is peace and joy and love and the soul of man never dies. I'm on my way to that fair land where the soul of man never dies. Where there will be no parting hand and the soul of man never dies. Friends, there'll be no sad farewells, there'll be no tear-dimmed eyes. Where all is peace and joy and love and the soul of man never dies. Alrighty. Our next song this evening will be number 924. Just as I am. Number 924. All four verses. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for Oh, no. 
A song that'll further the lesson this evening will be number 71, As the Deer. Number 71. All four verses. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. I want you more than gold or silver, only you can satisfy. You alone are the real joy giver and the apple of my eye. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. All right, if you'd like to mark the invitation song this evening, it will be number 903. Hey, 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 it's good to see everybody here tonight. Romans, open to Romans, and while you're opening to Romans, I'll Lift something from Paul out of Galatians 5.1. For freedom did Christ set us free. Stand, therefore. There's a hymn that we sing or a spiritual song, and I think it rather embodies the Roman epistle, and here it is. Not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save. Thou alone. And that is Romans. Uh, To sing Romans, that probably, in my thinking, comes the closest to anything that I'm aware of. Romans has at least seven major dominant views. Sin, salvation, Righteousness, redemption, reconciliation, um, justice, and freedom. And tonight I want to talk for a little while about freedom. And I entitled this The Five Freedoms, depending on how you treat things. But I, I think you'll see five mainline 
freedoms in Romans. And we may well begin by saying if you uh, ask the question, well, why is freedom important? Well, I think on a number of levels it's very important, certainly. So I'll give you the five But uh, we're witnessing the collapse of a social collapse of the Christian worldview in the United States. Now, that would include Europe probably, too. And we're witnessing it with a form of neo-Marxism. And I'll explain why that might be important just briefly. I have a paper or two on the subject if you're interested. But, yeah, Karl Marx. But down in South America, Gustavo Guterres the liberation theology, and talking about social freedom and all of this business. But it all begins with, I say begins with Karl Marx and Feuerbach and Hegel. You say, why is that important tonight? That is a good question as we assert why Romans in our context of living is important tonight. The church is stuck right in the middle, right smack in the middle of this collapse of the Christian worldview. And another worldview is coming in. Whenever there's a void, something else rushes in. You say, well, I don't understand why things aren't like they used to be socially in America. Well, believe it or not, you know, we could wish all we want, but it is what it is, and we want to do the very best we can. But um, the spiritual language of, of Hegel... And the objectivity of Feuerbach gave that whole socialistic, communistic structure in Europe. And we're finding that, you know, you'll be hearing uh, things on speakers and our young people sometimes talk and say, hey, that's Bible language, freedom. And all this business, liberation, free. Well, that's stealing the biblical language for the purposes of a human broad institution. Now, the, the beauty of our, in America is we have, we belong to a democratic situation where we may participate. That's not true across <coughs> everywhere in the world where totalitarian regimes uh, reign. But we may participate, so uh, I encourage you to do what you can. You can't do everything, but what you can do, you should do. So uh, Hegel came in with the language of the Bible, spiritual, dynamic language, but it wasn't the Bible at all. When Paul talks about freedom in Romans, he's not talking about a socialistic agenda. He is talking about a spiritual agenda. And tonight, uh, just a side point, I encourage you not to give your power, your personal power, to the state. And that's a theme in the book of Revelation. That really should be brought out sometime. So the cross wins theologically. The tempest is brewing. On the left, you have uh, the liberal left. On the right, the legalistic right. It was D.G. Miller. Uh, I came in touch with him many, many years ago. I think he's probably deceased. But he wrote a book, I believe, a little book, uh, The Way to Biblical Preaching, one of my first uh, exposures to homiletics in the church. But D.G. Miller said in the Roman church there were three classifications of people. Number one were the legalists. And the legalists were those who thought that one could be uh, come righteous by human achievement. The second group were the libertines, and they were those who did not want law of any kind, even as a response of faith. And the third group He called spiritualists. You could call them something else. But the spiritualists, 
I think of Romans 14, uh, they would disallow true community in church because they were kind of a super hyped, uh, super spirited group. And they, they broke down community. Those three groups I see in Romans, Romans 3, Romans 6, Romans uh, 14. And it is in this context when we come and take a look tonight at freedom that I, I hope you might appreciate it. I had a friend, Dr. Uh, Vittorio, in Rome, and he grew up, if you can see the Colosseum there in Rome, uh, certainly there when uh, during Paul's day, he grew up playing soccer around the Colosseum. I just always found that rather fascinating. And uh, he's still in Rome, and he's a great brother. He writes uh, for the brethren in Rome and Italy at large. So here we are in Romans. Someone has said, if you get Romans, God gets you. Tonight, may God get you. So, the first point, uh, the first freedom that we'll look at is freedom from wrath. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5 and verse 9 especially. Now, of course, when I pull out a verse and extract it, it is set within a, uh, an apostolic context, Paul wrote context. But I'm giving you this because I want you to see the five freedoms in Romans. Number one, freedom from wrath. And... Uh, I believe it's uh, Haggai uh, speaks of God being of pure eyes, cannot look on evil. That's true. He's holy. He's holy, and, and he's not evil, and he's everything otherwise. There's no gray in him, no shifting of shadow and so forth. But here we read much more. Now, that is a Hebrew, or a Hebraism called the Kawakamer argument from the lesser to the great. If this is true, and he just, if you read uh, the former chapter 5 verses, then how much more is this true? Now, this is true. How much more is this true? And that's what he's do- what Paul's doing here. Much more shall we be saved. That's future tense. There are three tenses of salvation in the New Testament. Uh, we are saved. I believe that. And I think you can know that. That's my understanding. We have been saved. We are being saved in process, Marla. We're being saved. And there is a futuristic sense in which we shall be saved. And that's what Paul's doing here. From the wrath to come because there's a bad day coming. And that bad day coming is going to be for those who are not in Christ. And a day of judgment is coming. Uh, I don't have time to develop that, but the Hebrew writer does. And uh, the last the verse in chapter 9 of Hebrews and, and elsewhere. 5.9. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. That's very, very important. The Bible says in Romans 11 and 26, it says, The deliverer shall come out of Zion. And the deliverer is Christ our Lord. And uh, that is Horuamenas. He shall deliver us. It is written in Deuteronomy 18, I believe, in a prophet like unto Moses. And it's quoted in Acts 3 that God will raise up a prophet like unto Moses, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. So the first freedom is a freedom from wrath. 
Very important. So you may have justification now. 5.9 says, you know, you've got it now, and you're going to get later, you're going to uh, be able to exit and, and not face the wrath of God in the here and after. In 5.10, he talks about us being enemies. But God came for us when we were such enemies. Not how good you are or how good I am. But while we were yet enemies, God sent his son into the world. Now, it's very important that we understand bondage in some sense of the word. And I remember in the book of Exodus, during the Exodus, historically speaking, that Pharaoh, because of the the plagues and the death of the firstborn, the tenth, it is written in Exodus 12, 31, then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise. Go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also, take your flocks and your herds as you have said. Be gone and bless me also. So Pharaoh has a change of heart. He said, go, get on out of here. We cannot tolerate, we cannot abide this. You turn the page, he changes his mind. Now, the Romans writer Paul will say in chapter uh, 9 that he did it to show his power through Pharaoh. And his heart would be hardened. In chapter 14, Exodus 14, 5, now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? Change of heart. That we have let Israel go from serving us. So he made (coughs) ready his chariots. His chariot and took his people with him. Verse 7 also he took 600 choice chariots. And all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. King of Egypt. And he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea, beside Pi-Hiharoth, before Baal-Zephon. And there it is. And you know the rest of the story. They were in bondage, and he said, get out of here, you're free. Then he changed his mind, and that's the way it is with the world. The world promises freedom. Uh, as per uh, Leslie this morning, uh, in wisdom, uh, human wisdom, in pleasure, worldly pleasures. And it promises wonderful, alluring things. But in the end, it, it collapses, breaks down. Henry David Thoreau, uh, for those of you who study British literature, he uh, made, in, on the outer east, he made it for himself a pond, Walden's Pond, you know. And he made this wonderful little environment out there got into nature, came out of the city. But at the end of his life, he never was um, Christian. And his sister on his deathbed said, have you made peace with God? And to which uh, Henry David Thoreau said, I didn't know we ever argued. See, Thoreau thought everybody's good. But Paul deals with that in Romans 3. He said, no, that's not the case. Part of the new situation, the new freedom-loving thing is, well, everybody's good, you know? Everybody's good. That's not the biblical view of sin and sinners. Not at all. And so there it is. And so the second is a freedom from sin. The Bible says in Romans 6, 18, 
We'll just go there and take a look. Romans 6, 18 and 22. And having been set free from sin. So there's the second freedom that we want to uh, consider. Chapter 6 and verse 18. And having been set from, free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. And verse 22. But now... Having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. Everlasting life. Very important. The third freedom we would like to look at tonight is the freedom from the law. Very, very important. Um, the law in chapters 5, 6, and 7 are spoken of in, th- in the terms of law, sin, and death. And it's that law, sin, and death sequence. The law will get you one way or another, but the believer has died to the law. In baptism, yes, and uh, daily. He daily dies, takes up his cross daily, Luke says. And then in 7-2, we have the language of this idea. Paul is using a metaphor of marriage, and in chapter 7 and verse 2, it is that language that, that gives the analogy for the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives, but if the husband dies, she is released from the law. The third reference here is a freedom from the law. Just that as it is true there in that analogy, it is also true in Christianity and the freedoms that God uh, furnishes tonight. The fourth freedom is a freedom from death and dying. Death shall have no dominion. In chapter 8, in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. He's made you free. Why, what does that mean? Well, we've already looked a little at the law. We're free of law. We're free of death. Death shall have no dominion. Marla and I <clears throat> were hoping to get out of town last week. We did not. We had to cancel our little trip to Austin. And we went to see a movie. And I, I didn't know a whole lot about it. A man called Otto, Tom Hanks. A lot of political platformed uh, the themes of social justice in it and, and so forth. But anyway, and all through the movie, he was trying to meet his demise, try to hang himself and all this business. Tom Hanks, right? And he's trying to leave this world one way or another, and he decides that it might be worth living after his spouse passed on, and, uh, which I believe is a good, a good conclusion. But the death theme runs through any humanistic institution where God is not a part of it. Death is always the darkness. Death is always the, the Styx River. It is always the subterranean underworld of darkness, dank. And death, a man named Otto, and then Ezekiel 18 and 23 came to mind, and I would like to just read that to you right quickly here. In Ezekiel chapter 18, that's the chapter, of course, talks about human responsibility. And 
in chapter 18, and especially verse 23, but the whole chapter, all of 18, is relevant to the context here. And it, it reads like this. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Says the Lord God. And not that he should turn from his ways and live. The Lord is slow in long-suffering. And that's why he hasn't returned yet as part of the rationale for which he has not yet returned. But his, uh, his long-suffering and mercy is slow, and that's a part of the, the answer to that whole thing. But it is a freedom from death, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So, so we don't have to be uh, nurturing all these guilt, feelings, neuroses, complexes about sin and death. We don't have to. Now, it doesn't say that you won't, I won't, but you don't have to. I believe it was Paul Tillich who said uh, that the, the most difficult thing for a Christian to accept is the fact that he is accepted by God. And our people uh, should realize and take it to heart. If you're forgiven by God, nobody else matters. Nobody else matters. The fifth point of the evening, the five freedoms, is the freedom... To serve God. Now, a lot of people, if they don't get Romans 1 through 11, then they come to chapters 12 through 16 and they're like, well, why, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hang around. I'm not going to do duty. I just want a savior. I don't want to serve God. Now, nobody says that. But that's the point. It's just a, a situation. Um. So chapters 12 through 16 says you're freed up now to serve God. And not everybody gets it. Not everybody understands the first formative chapters in Romans. But if you, if you get Romans in the beginning, then you come to chapter 12. There is therefore, or I beseech you therefore now by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. And if you look up the word serve or service, in chapters 12 through 16. Very, very important. Uh, this is, uh, has been of interest to me. Uh, years ago, I did a sermon in chapter 16. If you want to open your Bibles to 16, 12, I'll show you something. But it is there in Romans 16 where Paul dro starts dropping names. And he drops all these names because they're people who have helped the cause of Christ. And uh, tonight... Uh, Luis, your name would have been there. You are on the move. You're in process. Thank you. I found myself in Bible class this morning quoting Aiden Crow. <laughs> Aiden, your little devotional last, was it last Sunday. I, it got through to me, the heart. And we quoted it in Bible class. But the point is, if you look with me in, in chapter 16, verse 12, please. Greet Trophina and Trophosa. Greet Trophina and Trophosa, and you say, Bob, so what? But I went through all the names in a sermon a number of years ago, and Trophina and Trophosa is translated dainty and delicate. That's what their names mean, dainty and delicate. I'm sure you could have another translation, but that is the idea, dainty and delicate. And their sisters in the Lord, greet, uh, excuse me, greet Trophina and Trophosa, greet dainty and delicate. And with Paul, that's an irony because they were everything but dainty and delicate. 
They serve God. They serve the gospel and the cause of Christ. It says, who labored in the Lord. Wouldn't that be nice to, to one day wrap it up? Lay your life down to realize that you have labored in the Lord. And so tonight, I wanted to come with these freedoms. And uh, number one, freedom from wrath. Number two, freedom from sin. Freedom from the law. Freedom from death. Freedom to free you up to serve God. And I, I have more to say about the latter, but I'm going to suffice it to say it's freedom to serve God. Monday night for the Master. Sunday morning, and everything else. I've condensed the message tonight. I've reworded it, but it it brings the, the encapsulated form of the power of the gospel, number one. Now the Christian need not be neurotic about God's anger. Instead, a realization that God's wrath has been reassigned under the gospel. God still has has range in his emotions But under the gospel, the range of his anger and his wrath is no longer offensive to him because of your sins, my sins. Number two, now sin with its associated guilt and debt has been canceled. Canceled at the cross. Number three, now law may guide us without indicting us. I've been teaching here in Deuteronomy, trying to bring out the sense of Torah. Torah is guidance. God wants to direct his people. And uh, the law isn't just in a negative sense in Romans, it is. But not always. It's also directive. God wants to direct you today, tomorrow. And number four, now death shall have no dominion. Number five, this has been very meaningful to me uh, through the years. I think I took it from uh, Griffith, unless I've wrongly attributed it. Now we work from salvation, not for salvation. Let me say it again. Now we work from salvation, from the watery grave of baptism, not for salvation, but from salvation. Yeah. I would like to close tonight with a few uh, comments uh, that doesn't look like the Ethiopian eunuch, but it might as well be. He looks happy-go-lucky, doesn't he? And I thought, this may be you. Go your way and have joy in your heart. And it looks like he went on his way rejoicing in Acts 8, and this guy's certainly on to something. Well, how about you? Are you going to leave tonight in a sense of joy and jubilation? If you're sad, then that's okay, but you may have joy. I would like to say that if you have not yet become a New Testament Christian, then there's water in the plan uh, all over the book of Acts 2, uh, 9, 16, 18. And then the Corinthian, many of the Corinthians hearing, believed in, were baptized. And tonight, uh, how lovely for Levi of recent import. How lovely for Holly of recent March And tonight, the liberation that is available to you and me is by the grace of God. There are two ways of the new humanity or the way of the new way in Christ Jesus. I close tonight. Rita Snowden related of the 1950 journey of T.E. Lawrence, or as the Arabs would call him, Lawrence. Lawrence of Arabia. 
1950, they were traveling with the Arabs in the desert, and all of a sudden one of those storms kicked up, the stinging, sandy uh, storms, maybe not so dissimilar to Lubbock, Texas, I'm not sure, and things were getting desperate. The water was down to the last drop. The storm, the wind was like a flame, the stinging sand. And all of a sudden, somebody said, where's Jasmine? Jasmine. And uh, who's Jasmine, one said. And the other said he killed a Turk and, uh, who was a tax collector. And he fled into the wilderness, into the desert. And then his camel rode up without any riders, guns strapped on. And they're like, oh, he's dead in the wilderness. The second said someone has shot him. The third has said yeah, he's not strong in the head. The first came back and said, so what? What does it matter? Yasmin. What a guy was he? And they just rode on and they hunched on their camels and rode through the storm, but not Lawrence. And by the way, this is uh, valid if you want to read The Seven Pillars of Wisdom, T.E. Lawrence, out of the British uh, writers. But Lawrence went back for Yasmin when nobody would dare. Somebody said he wasn't worth ten pence, but Lawrence would and I think that is the parable that God has gone back for us. He didn't have to go back for us. He's gone back west for you and for you and for me. And tonight, nothing in my hands I bring, only to the cross I cling. If you're subject to the gospel, five freedoms await you tonight. We have a song selected. Luis, are you ready to go, buddy? Not the labor of my hands can fulfill the law's demands. Could my zeal no respite? No. Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone, as we stand and sing. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you sing to Calvary's tide? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. 
Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. All right. If you have not partook of the Lord's Supper this morning, uh, you may do now in the fellowship hall. Our final song this evening will be number 622. Ring out the message. 622. All all three verses. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out, ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out the word or land and sea. Till far from Jesus many live in sin and doubt. Ring out the news that makes men free to all the lost of every nation. Ring it out. Tell the world of saving grace, make it known in every place. Ring it out, ring it out. Help the needy ones to know him whom all the blessings flow. Ring it out, ring it out, ring out the word or land and sea. Still far from Jesus, many live in sin and doubt. Ring out the news that makes men free to all the lost of every nation. Sin and doubt to sweep away till shall dawn the better day. Ring it out, ring it out. Till the sinful world is one for Jehovah's mighty Son. Ring it out, ring it out.
Till far from Jesus many live in sin and doubt. The news that makes men free to all the lost of every nation ring it out. Dearly Father, as we approach your throne tonight, we humbly come before you, bound before your throne. You are the great I am. We know, Father, that you are in control of all things. We know, Father, that you give us life and you give it abundantly. We thank you, Father, for the freedoms that you give us. We know, Father, that the victory has already been won because of what Christ did for us whenever he died on the cross. We thank you, Father, for that blessing. We thank you, Father, for Jesus and the sacrifice that he made. We thank you, Father, for the example that he gave. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit to guide us in your word to teach us. We thank you, Father, for this congregation. Pray that you'd be with us and help us to love one another and to grow with one another and to help one another when we need help. We pray that you'd be with us this week. Help us, Father, to show Christ in our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.